I'm Tor Bear from Enigma, and welcome to Decentralize This. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Decentralize This, presented by Enigma. I'm Tor Bear, I'm the head of growth for Enigma, and today my guest is Ronil Rumberg. Ronil is the co-founder and CEO of Audius, which is a decentralized music streaming and hosting platform that's hoping to disrupt the music industry for the benefit of artists. Audius allows artists to freely share their work or their work in progress with their dedicated community. The platform already features a bunch of high-profile DJs and artists, which is really cool. That's including Dead Mouse and Zed's Dead. And they also recently raised a new funding round to support and scale their vision. On this episode, Ronil's going to talk about what problems Audius solves for musicians and the music industry, why artists are so excited about the potential of blockchain, and how music could be the killer use case for getting decentralized technologies into the hands of millions of users. I'm a musician myself. I'm super excited to talk with Ronil about his vision for the future of the industry, uh, which has an uncountable number of problems to solve if it wants to continue to grow and serve artists. So I hope this conversation is as enjoyable for you as it was for me. And without any further introduction, here is Ronil Rumberg. Ronil, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Decentralize This. I'm really excited for this conversation, man. Me too. Thank you so much for having me, Tor. So we're going to start this episode the same way we do every episode, 30 seconds, personally, professionally, just tell me, who is Ronil Rumberg? So I'm first and foremost a music fanatic, but secondarily beyond that, um, I've been a software engineer most of my life. Uh, now I'm co-founder and CEO of Audius. So the way I kind of found my way to crypto more generally and, and Audius specifically was through variety of software engineering jobs uh, working in and around crypto. And then I found my way over to Kleiner Perkins, uh, the venture firm, and me and a couple of others started their seed practice. Um, I covered crypto there, uh, decided to leave now just about two years ago. Um, and soon after that, founded Audius at, at the beginning of last year. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I, I kind of come at this from from both sides, but uh, have been involved in sort of the crypto scene for a while. And it's been really fun to to see uh, companies like uh, Enigma and, and many others throughout that whole life cycle that, uh, you know, I've gotten to meet over the years and, and watch emerge. Yeah. And it's cool to think that we're still, you know, of course, very much in the very, very earliest stages of all of this. And it's exciting to think, that what this is going to look like in five years looking back at the e even though now it feels like we've been at this a while i think you and i both know it, it's it's really just a blip in the grand scheme of things oh yeah we're just uh we're so early um and all of the tools that we can build with and and use are super uh super early but uh that also means there's so much opportunity right everything in crypto right now is is a greenfield effectively and and for those who are willing to do that spelunking through the dark a little bit uh there's there's a lot of really cool stuff uh to be built right now well 
I have a bit in common with you, right? I'm also a huge music fan. I'm a musician myself. And one of my first forays into blockchain specifically, apart from Bitcoin, right? Like looking more into the underlying distributed ledger technology than the application of cryptocurrency. One of those earliest applications that I was looking at was applications within the music industry. And that was part of my research in graduate school. And it's an extremely complex topic. It's an extremely complex and broken industry. So I'm very excited to get into it with you and talk about some of these huge challenges and huge opportunities. Uh, so let's start at the beginning, though. Not not for me, but for you. Uh, what inspired you to start down this path towards building Audius? Like, what what was the day like where you thought, you know, I've got a really good idea and that's that became what Audius is now. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, so, I, Audius has been something uh, me and and my co-founder Forrest here as well have been thinking about since around 2014, 2015. Um, and basically, the the genesis for this idea was we were both. Uh, really into electronic music and especially the electronic music scene on SoundCloud, um, there was this phase, there was kind of a shift that uh, SoundCloud went through around that time where uh, we started to see them demonetizing, deplatforming uh, a lot of our favorite creators. Um, so one of the artists that works with us, Dead Mouse, for example, uh, you know, I, I remember very clearly remember it at that time, seeing the the issues he was having with um, his SoundCloud account. Uh, similarly, Oliver Heldens and and some other DJs that we were fans of, we were uh, we we're seeing the trouble they were having with these platforms, basically abusing their position. Right? Um, if you think about it from from kind of a high level or philosophical standpoint, like the artists and creators contributing to SoundCloud were creating all of the value on that platform, but they weren't able to capture any of it. And they had no say in and no kind of, they were completely disenfranchised, I guess, from the decision-making processes there, right? Um, SoundCloud could do anything they wanted at their whim, and that would dramatically change uh, folks on the platform's ability, ability to be discovered, ability to distribute, et cetera, et cetera. So we really started to ask the question around was how could we create a user experience like this without platform risk, without a platform at all, right? And and that's what Audius is. It's this fully decentralized peer-to-peer -peer, um, music streaming solution. So, you know, we, we kind of, we let artists connect directly with fans, distribute content to them in a way that neither our company nor any other uh, centralized party can interfere with, uh, with their ability to do that. Um, but what was kind of fun, so, it, you know, we have been thinking about this since 2015 or so, uh, but we didn't start the company until early 2018. Um, the reason for that delta is that the tooling in this, in this space uh, was just so immature. Um, I mean, it even... Back when we first started thinking about this, Ethereum uh, didn't hadn't launched Homestead yet and whatnot, right? So just very, very early on the path for how to build this without building our own blockchain, building our own file system, et cetera, was just not clear at all. 
Um, and I, I think that changed over that time, which made us uh, feel confident that it was possible to do this without, uh, you know, reinventing 15 other wheels along the way. <laughs> um, yeah, we've still had to do a lot of foundational engineering work, but I think, you know, an order of magnitude less than we would have had to had we tried to start uh, back then. Well, it's good that at least some part of the space, the foundation of the space is kind of caught up to your initial vision. And it's it's clear, at least, that there's a long way to go. Uh, this, of course, I think you have in common with, with Enigma and many other projects. Like our original white papers were talking about privacy for Bitcoin, right, as a second layer. But the white papers were published in like January 2015, right? Mm-hmm. And then you <laughs> now, of course, we, we focus a lot more on like the Ethereum ecosystem and other smart contract platforms. Uh, and of course, that wouldn't have that was just a glimmer in the eye back then right in terms of thinking about how that would go so okay here we are present day you finally have been able to uh pursue this vision that you that has sort of been uh bubbling beneath the surface for you know four going on five years now um so what what now do you think is the biggest problem that you're solving with audius and when i ask that i'm asking both for let's say the artists on the platform and then also for listeners on the platform like what's the single biggest problem that you're solving for both of those groups by trying to build a platform like this yeah so i think it's really this creating a space for artists and listeners to interact directly um unfortunately every other music platform uh that exists today has has somewhat had to uh bend to the will of industry influence and and other influence to uh change the direction to the detriment of the of the communities there um and and i think the promise that we make to our artists and and what's resonated with them is that they they get a vote in and a say in how this evolves um this is a community owned community operated network almost like a co-op uh more so than it is a uh you know a a centralized platform uh that would lead an owner to engage in rent-seeking behavior and other behavior so um you know what that means kind of brass tacks like today what value can you get from audius that you can't get anywhere else um it's this unique and differentiated catalog uh just because the the types of content that um, that artists are wanting to share here, they don't have uh, a place to share anywhere else. Um, you know, if I don't know if you were into uh, the SoundCloud community at all, kind of in in the heyday of that, like 2012, 2013, but it really was a place where you know artists, big and small, would come and share incomplete work, get feedback engage with their community um unfortunately you know the the usage there has fallen off a cliff and and we believe that's largely because of the the changes that they made to try to serve the the really large signed artist at the expense of the um kind of up-and-coming bedroom dj type of uh type of artist but um that that's really where we're able to provide value on both sides today. So we create this safe space for artists to share what they want uh, without fear of um, kind of platform risk that that might entail. 
Um, and on the listener side, they get to get exclusive content from their favorite artists just by virtue of the the nature of that value proposition, right? If, if artists feel that they can upload things here that they can't upload elsewhere because of, uh, you know, because they can't get feedback or, or for whatever other reason they, they might feel that way, um, listeners come because they can hear things they can't hear anywhere else. Yeah, it seems like a really good fit, right, on the product side, because you're describing an ecosystem where somebody could sit on both sides of that marketplace, right? Somebody who's an artist on this platform is also going to be a listener on this platform. They're going to be part of that early adopter community that's giving feedback to other artists. And the fact that Mm -hmm. it's a, a decentralized community where you're not elevating certain centralized voices uh, above others at least you know that at least that's not necessarily the design of the platform right like that also lends itself to sort of like a community driven structure so there's there's all sorts of things that seem to be fitting together here which i really like yeah and i think uh, uh, at the core of all of this is uh, audius being fully open source and uh, and decentralized right which means that anyone can fork our client can fork the integration libraries if someone wants to build their own uh cool music player on top of this same catalog they could um and and that's what the power of this this technology and the composability that 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 brings i mean not audio specifically i mean just the the crypto ethos more generally um and I think that's a really, really exciting part of this uh, as well, right? Like it, what we're trying to create, you know, much longer term is is sort of a, a unified content catalog with clearly delineated um, rights and, and uh, metadata around it such that anyone building a music listening product could actually pull content from here if they chose. Uh, so long as they follow the the protocol guidelines around how payment and and other things are are meant to flow, so that's that's really where we're trying to go with this. Yeah, again, the ethos is really clear. Uh, but maybe I have kind of a tricky question then, because I'm going to pick on this word decentralized, only because it's come up on on so many of these episodes of the podcast. Because it's it's a very loosely defined term. Uh, we, we talk a, a lot about what makes something decentralized or not, and, and a lot of the dApps, right, that you see today in the blockchain space, they're sort of really hybrid dApps that have some decentralized components, some centralized components. And even if you say, oh, you know, every piece of our tech stack is decentralized, well, maybe there's only the one team developing it or like there, there's all sorts of ways that something can have a centralized component, right? So. How did you think about this tension as you were building Audius, as you guys were designing the platform, designing the product? You know, what did you think about this ethos of decentralization? And how did you decide really what about this project needed to be decentralized in order for it to work the way you wanted it to? It's a really great question. It's something our our team talks about and and thinks about like on a you know almost day-to-day basis uh, so every new feature we add you know we have to ask this question right um how can we do this in a decentralized way um and in potentially in in some cases how could we prototype it in a centralized way and decentralize it in the future right um so a lot of features right you don't know whether they will be used in in any meaningful way right and and to prototype those things quickly see if 
the community likes them and, um, you know, be ruthless about cutting the things that, that aren't being used. Um, you know, the general philosophy we've, we've followed here is that, um, the, all of the core functionality of Audius, the replication of content, the distribution of content, the listing of content on the network, all of that is, is uh, decentralized from day one. So we have a network of 12 community-operated nodes right now up and running in the network. Uh, those are actually what is storing the content people upload uh, as well as indexing it for fast query, right? So if, if you got to use Audius when you search, when you click on a song uh, and get that song page, all of those things are actually hitting these decentralized indexing nodes. Um, and the the parts of Audius that are centralized right now were the things that either we could not figure out how to decentralize from day one. Um, so a good example of that is Twitter OAuth. So we support this um, uh, login with Twitter. So to do that in a fully decentralized manner uh, is not very compatible with the way that those uh, uh, open authentication protocols have been designed. Uh, so that part of Audius is is uh, is centralized, like when you do that off with Twitter. Um, and then there are a few other smaller functionalities. So we have this uh, centralized um, gas paying relay node uh, that basically on-chain transactions that folks are engaging with in Audius um, are signed locally on the client, but relayed through this um, uh, this relay node. So that thing is paying gas on behalf of users, but in a trustless manner. So on-chain, uh, our, our smart contracts are actually able to verify that a given user signed the given transaction independent of, um, you know, in, in the kind of solidity parlance, like who the message.sender attribute is. Uh, so, you know, we just kind of ignore that attribute and, and look at the signature, uh, the recovered signature instead. So it's always kind of, uh, to your point, there's always this threading the needle that has to happen, right? Um, but in, in our case, because we felt that decentralization was a core value proposition behind what we we're building. And I, I think the artist and community response that we've seen has validated that to some extent. We really felt like we needed to decentralize uh, you know, to, the, the, to the greatest extent possible from, from day one. I, yeah, I totally get it. This is a really complex question that I think everybody grapples with, right? Like whether it's a decentralized exchange, right? Or whether you're looking at something else that's sort of in like the 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 art space, or if you're looking at something that's like NFTs or decentralized ownership, like it's just a question that's going to keep coming up. I don't even care necessarily in this conversation about like the legal ramifications of that question. I just fundamentally care about like what's what is the stack supposed to look like and how does it impact the user experience? Uh, and, and one of these users that we're talking about, right? It's it's also the artist experience. And I want to talk mm -hmm. about artists specifically for a second. So I look at your website, right? I see a bunch of musicians and other artists. Uh, and, and Dead Mouse, as you mentioned, is one of those big names that's on there. And I, I know that artists tend to get very excited about new technologies, uh, including blockchain. Um, and a few, I, I know you're probably familiar with what uh, Imogen Heap tried to do. Uh, with building their yes, own music yes. platforms in the past. What was that? Mycelium? 
Uh, yeah, there's mycelium, uh, and then she also worked with uh, the team at Consensus for for a little while on right, some of Ujo. what they built. So yeah, a lot of folks have have come at this from a lot of different directions. Yeah, I I, I love that. Right, like there's clearly again, it's like you're looking for that early adopter fit. So for Audius in particular, right, for your platform, how did you go about getting artists excited? about the platform, including Deadmau5, right? And what kind of feedback were they giving you in those early stages that helped set your direction? So I, I think the, I, I guess I would start by saying, like, we really just, we had this hunch about, uh, that I, I mentioned from, you know, starting to think about this in 2014, 2015, that um, to do, to create something like this in a fully open and, uh, uh, community governed way would be something that folks were excited about. Um, and, and we needed to validate that to, to a great extent before we even like set out and, and built this, right. It was, it was kind of a one year journey to get to, um, the launch that we did a couple of weeks ago. And, and, um, the, you know, that you can't just go build in, in the dark for a year. Right. So in, in artist conversations, what we were trying to suss out was like, how do you use streaming today? Um, what are the problems that you have with that? Um, and, you know, a, as we got into those conversations, um, you know, we were able to validate that hunch to some extent, right? You never really know until you've launched the, the product. Um, and I, I can get into more of some of the metrics that we've seen uh, that, that we've been really excited about in terms of usage. But we, you really don't know uh, whether someone will want uh, the thing that you're making until it's it's out there and they actually uh, use it, right? People will tell you things, but um, what they tell you often doesn't map to their their behavior. So, um, you know, when we approach these artist conversations, we were just really trying to go direct to the artist and say, you know, like, what are what are the issues that you're seeing today with streaming with how you interact with your fans and time and time time and time again the issue that came up was uh because of this kind of uh slow death of of soundcloud over the last few years artists feel like they don't have a place where they can interact directly with their fan base anymore um and even to get feedback on on early early content things like that uh you know dead mouse for example used to uh, release a lot of, you know, 30 second or one minute clips from things he was working on, on SoundCloud and he'd see how folks reacted to it. Right. And, and that would either lead him to say, Oh, this is something I should double down on and, and finish or, eh, you know, people aren't really into that and, and that's okay. Right. It, it created this space for them to experiment. Um, whereas Spotify, Apple music, Amazon music, all of those platforms kind of distinctly feel more like a, a place to publish completed stuff rather than learn how or interacting with uh with your content right just because the feedback loops are so much longer there um so i i think the the way we went about this was a little bit different from a lot of the other folks in in the crypto community who've worked on music products um in that they were much more frequently trying to sell products or sort of solutions to uh the bigger power brokers in the in the industry you know either the labels or uh the the rights societies or other folks um doing things like tracking metadata on chain and tracking who should be paid out 
Um, and longer term, I, I think those are part of our, our vision, but we really felt that we needed to have a clear value prop from, from day one that people would care about. Um, and, and that's what led us to, to go at this from uh, the, the direct to direct to artist streaming angle, um, because we felt like that was something that, you know, putting crypto aside in the greater music uh, solution market was not being served well by uh, the existing market. And, and really, you know, from that angle as well, we see crypto as a means to uh, an end that couldn't be found without crypto, right? But uh, I think it, you mentioned you were looking at the website and whatnot. You'll see there that we go to pretty great lengths to talk about the benefits of decentralization in crypto without kind of beating people over the head with the fact that crypto is there, right? Um, and I, I think that's a really important distinction, right? Um, these products need to... People need to care about the benefits here, not care about just the the very fact that it is crypto, right? Um, that I, I think that's a trap that a lot of folks have fallen into in our space so far. Yeah, I, I blame 2017, right? You know, it's very easy to try to put the cart before the horse and be like, oh, it's blockchain for everything. We're just going to figure it out. You know, this is our token sale for energy drinks or whatever when it was still the time where you needed to build, as you were saying, a lot of the foundational technologies still, like how are you going to do privacy for smart contracts? How are you going to do scalability? How are you going to do like all, like those are the fundamental technical protocol level questions that should have been answered, but we sort of leapt ahead to being like, we've got this cool mechanism. Now let's sort of backfill uh, a use case. And it seems like you guys have been very product driven from the start, even even to say that, you know, the same value that artists are getting on your platform, right, that they're able to get feedback in real time from a listener community, many of whom are artists. It sounds like you even took the same approach in your product development, right? Like you were able to go to artists directly and say, is this working for you? Is this not? And like, it, it has already been sort of a community designed platform that you guys are just sort of helping steer into what Audius has already become. Yeah, the, you hit the nail on the head there. It's kind of like, I, I think, you know, the the philosophy we try to approach product building from is, is to let the market pull the product that it wants out of, uh, out of the company, right? And, and that's exactly how we've, we've gone about this. Um, and I think so far that's, that's really resonated with, uh, the artist community. We have about 5,000, uh, artists at last count on board on Audius sharing content. Um, and in our first week we saw 30,000 users come on, uh, and, and 13,000 tracks uploaded. So it's just really cool to see this kind of, um, you know, all come together in, in the way that we had hoped. Um, there's still a lot of, a lot more work ahead, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just, it's really important to focus on the benefits that this technology can provide, not the, just the very fact that it is built on it. And, and I think you're absolutely right. That came from, uh, you know, the, the use case for crypto in 2017 was like speculation and capital formation, right. And long-term, I don't think that's. I don't think that's what's interesting here, right? Um, very much ascribed to the kind of uh, world computer thesis around um, these open decentralized protocols, right? And I, I think that's what makes them interesting, not um, not the kind of like, you know, <laughs> ability to 
issue some new token and then sell it to to people uh, circumventing regulation, right? I, I don't think that's really long-term what makes this interesting. Yep, I have to agree. Uh, so to expand on, uh, you started getting into the metrics a little bit there. Uh, so how do you think about growth, right, at Audius? So you're building this sort of two, maybe three-sided marketplace, maybe four, where you, you need lots of creators you need lots of listeners. You need uh, a community that's able to produce content and produce feedback. And you're also looking at this ecosystem where you need people to maybe operate nodes for the network that's underlying Audius. Uh, you're using a lot of very nascent technologies, right, to build your foundation at the same time. So like maybe too much growth in the short term is also a threat to the platform, not just an opportunity, right? Like these, this is, again, the tension that we're talking about. You build a purely centralized solution. Maybe it scales better in the short term, but it doesn't let you build the product and the community that you're really trying to build. So how are you approaching this challenge of growth where you want as many people on the platform as possible, make sure there's enough content, enough listeners, um, and in doing that, is there anything about this, like given the traction you're already seeing, is there anything that you already see working? And is there anything you're really excited to try? Yeah, these are these are all really, really great questions. And again, something that's been very top of mind for us, right? Um, that first week we launched, we saw far more usage than we were planning for, right? Of course, we we saw ourselves hitting these thresholds uh, longer term, but um, there were a ton of like weird little uh, bottlenecks we came across in in our um, uh, node software that sort of were manifested by uh, things like there was a, a there were, there was a group of folks who who have a podcast and they were like oh this is really cool I'm gonna go upload you know, all hundred episodes of my hour long podcast all at the same time. Right. And, uh, you know, that, that, uh, user behavior like that, that we, you know, we should have anticipated, I guess, but you know, there are always these unknown unknowns, right. Uh, you can't always anticipate everything that people will use your product for. And you, you kind of, it's really fun to see like the, uh, the, the kind of, you know, ways people have found to push our product to the, to the limit. Um, but, uh, I think the things that are working so far really are the, the architecture that we've designed. Um, we've, we've seen that validated at, at least so far we can, the way we have things set up right now, um, capacity of the network scales linearly with number of nodes on the network. Um, and, and that's a great quality to have, right? Um, I think we're a little bit different from many other staking protocols in that as we continue to grow, we will always have the need to have more nodes on board because these nodes are actually providing storage, right? Um, and, and the amount that needs to be stored on the network will, will need to grow over time. Um, but I guess around the launch, um, these 12 community-operated nodes that I mentioned, uh, those are all running in testnet. Uh, right now, folks are not, they're, they're earning staking revenue, but like these fake, you know, fake tokens, basically, they're not actual, um, they're, they're not real tokens. Um, they're operating these nodes because they're hoping that um, 
basically, we we created a plan for when our mainnet launch happens early, uh, you know, uh, first half of next year, we'll be able to grandfather those folks into staking on mainnet, uh, regardless of whether they meet the the minimum thresholds or not. And there there are some incentives there as well. Um, but they're, they're kind of operating nodes at a loss right now, uh, in the hope that, that they get to be part of the network in the future. Um, the listener and artist communities are, are more interesting ones. So, uh, to your, to your earlier question, you know, we, we do see audience as a three-sided marketplace. There are artists, listeners, and, uh, node operators. Those are the three kind of constituent groups that, that we have here. Um, the, Artist side, uh, we've that's where we've been most focused on so far. Um, you you need content on on a content network before listeners will have enough stuff to do here, right? Um, but we're we've reached that threshold where we have uh, we have a lot of great content on Audius um, across genres. I would say primarily hip hop and electronic music, um, and I know those are both very vague and high level genres they don't really tell you much about the specific music here but i think they tell you they speak a little bit more to the communities that are that are finding um that audience is resonating with so we've been really kind of myopically focused uh on the artist side uh that that's been the sole focus of the company for uh for the last six months or so but we found the formulation of the creator experience that that they really like um and we're shifting our focus now to building out more listener side adoption features um things like mobile apps things like um being able to get notifications for when things uh are posted by your favorite artist uh pretty basic features right um it's just always a uh the the game that you're always playing building a product like this is deciding you know what what meets the qualification of you know this is this is useful enough to ship today versus uh, what can we what can we add over time and you know obviously we knew we needed these features longer term but we made the trade off to launch sooner without them rather than to try to bundle all these things in and and delay uh, delay the launch. It's a long journey, right? You're going to eventually, hopefully, right, have sort of millions of people trying to trying to operate on this platform and in the short term just how are you going to engage people from the first day make sure that they've got something to find make sure they can find the next thing i guess that's another thing that's sort of easier to do maybe with a centralized platform right like is discovery if you've if you've got a spotify if you've got an apple music it's always they've got so much data so much intelligence to be able to know where to push the user next and create that immersive and very sticky experience from from the first day I think from what you've described to me, it sounds like really even more than the content, the community has to be sticky from the first day. People have to feel like on the artist side that they've gotten that interaction that they were craving. And on the listener side, you know, maybe it, maybe it is a two-way street. Maybe they feel like they have some sort of access to the artist that they wouldn't have been able to achieve on other platforms where it it, it is a lot bigger and a lot more impersonal. And maybe you're using that small size as as kind of an advantage in the early stage. It, it, I, the way you're describing it to me, it sounds like Audius has the potential to sound like really cool, really intimate in the early stages. And that, that would be, I mean, I'm speaking for myself as an artist and as a listener of music, that would be a cool experience. 
It uh, it is, and I, I'd love to see you uh, upload your content on audience too. Um, but yeah, I think it, it just. Oh, I'm getting the hard right sell. now. There's um, <laughs> right now there's no there's no other place uh, as an artist you can share your music and and get this level of interaction from uh, you know from a very intimate community as you mentioned right um, right now it it very much is artists engaging with other artists content giving each other feedback um you know learning more about folks influences things like that um i I did want to bring up that discovery point that you mentioned so i I think that's a really interesting um uh one with existing platforms so there there are two ways that we're going about this at audius um we really believe in the power of human driven curation um, and, and the the ability that that has to surface things to folks that they might not have otherwise found, right? Uh, once you have been pigeonholed into listening to, say, like Future Bass on Spotify, you're not going to get surfaced content that is outside of that genre, but that you might still like. Um, and, and where human curation comes in in Audius is uh, the playlisting and reposting dynamics that we have on the social side. Um, once uh, payments are rolled out here, if you repost content or if you um, if you create a playlist that a lot of people are following, listening to, and and discovering content from, you as the uh, as the user who did those actions, you actually get a cut of the revenue that you're enabling via that listening. So if people are listening to content via your repost or via your playlist, you're actually capturing a a percentage of that. We think that's really important because um, in a, I I think from a a very high level, we've seen the music industry um, have this explosion of content, right? Now anyone sitting in their bedroom can make content at at a very, very professional level of quality that didn't used to be possible, right? And that's led to this kind of Cambrian explosion of of new cool music, um, but in order to sift through that, uh, we need ways to guide people to the the content that they might most enjoy. Um, and we believe these social dynamics can scale to to enable that. The other thing that's really cool here um, is that because all the data is open including listener listener interaction and uh, play counts, et cetera. Anyone could actually build their own recommendation system on top of Audius um, if they think that they have a unique way to either group, you know, group different uh, cohorts of users together that um, might be related and do that um, sort of collaborative filtering or to do something purely ML-based or, or whatever else uh, people might come up with. We're really excited to see that exploration. Um, that, that was always something, you know, I had I had wished I would be able to build uh, uh, using a data set from Spotify or SoundCloud or someone else, but no one no one ever made that data set publicly available. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, this is actually why um, I did this. But I, I was a data science intern at Spotify for a summer, and that was pretty much the entire reason why I did it. Was because I wanted, because <laughs> I wanted to know, man. I wanted to see it for myself. I had to know, right? Like hundreds of millions of people coming and listening to the songs, and like seeing. And of course, they managed to turn that data 
you know, not only into just like insights, right, for the artists, but also into products for people. That was the secret of Discover Weekly and everything else was was how they were able to use it. And you're right, like, it would be really interesting to see in an open community ecosystem, what people are able to do with all of this information, of course, provided it, it gets to scale, right? That's that's exactly right. Um, that, that's really cool to hear too. So I'm glad I wasn't the only one who uh, uh, who had this thought. But that's <laughs> that's super cool. No, there's um, there's only so much super cool uh, music data out there, and they definitely have it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for now, I think that will that will change over time. Um, but uh, yeah, and I, I think the what'll be really cool is to see you know folks competing for that type of, uh, you know, either having the best recommender system overall or being the best at recommending within a specific genre or, or whatever it may be. Um, but I think that's just this open, open permissionless innovation in, in general. Like one of the features that, uh, you know, we just threw in as kind of an Easter egg, but artists have loved is, uh, we have a visualizer. So, um, you can, you know, see, see kind of an animated rep, of, of your music. Um, and we've gotten so much interest from other folks saying, we want to build a visualizer on top of this. And, and our answer is just great. Like, go do it. Uh, you don't, yeah. you know, you don't have to ask us to, to do that. Uh, you can just do it. And, and I think that's really cool. Right. I thought um, this was gonna be like a Winamp visualizer. Like I'd be listening yeah. to my track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, we all that's how we all kind of discovered music and and came up was in the era of Winamp and and uh all of those early like real player and and uh you know even visualizer was great um but i I think the with the consolidation of how people listen to music we just see much less um we see much less diversity in the types of listening experiences that you can get yeah, actually, that's a really that's going to be really interesting to see how you diversify the listening experience and how that ends up being community driven. So you're you're talking a lot about like all these cool things. You're like, well, maybe we'll build that. Maybe this is an Easter egg. Maybe that like it, this whole like sort of experimentation, right? Like, there's clearly a lot of things that you could potentially be building or solving for for the music space. Um, we started touching on a couple other things earlier in the podcast, right? Like metadata, for example, like there's a lot of things in the music industry that perhaps blockchain and decentralized technologies can help solve. So is there anything that you see people currently trying to solve with blockchain in the music space or things that you're really excited to expand into? Like, what are you, what are you already seeing or thinking about that would be a logical next step beyond just this sort of like artist listener communal experience that you've been focusing on for Audius? I think the the very long-term vision for us and and not just for us, I think we have for how decentralization can can help the the music industry modernize and and help artists monetize better um, is to create kind of this new music economy, right? Um, and there are a lot of other projects working on many different aspects of this. Um, and what's really cool is that because of uh how these you know all of us have built our our tools everything is interoperable um i'm really excited to see folks uh like tari for example working on the ticketing side um being able to uh kind of robustly do 
um, be able to validate that a ticket is authentic, as well as creating resale marketplaces for tickets that let uh, the artists uh, actually capture, you know, some of that, uh, some of that, right? I, I think that's like, there is so much money being left on the table right now by artists just due to improperly priced uh, live tickets. Um, there are things like that that are really cool. I'm also really excited to see folks experimenting more with uh, this idea of sort of securitizing and pre-selling future royalty streams. Um, so, you know, if you if you think about like, you know, when when you're working with uh, working with the music that you make, um, what if you could actually leverage your fan base to help finance your future music? Um, you could actually pre-sell, you know, whatever it might be. Maybe it's tickets to your upcoming tour, but maybe it's even uh, 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 an income share off of the the album that you're making. Um, when artists and listeners are able to interact directly with one another um, on all of these protocols, not just us, um, there's so much interaction behavior that artists would now be free to explore that they never have been able to before. Um, and what we're really excited to see is, uh, you know, we will build some of these things, but we don't have to be the only ones, right? Anyone can can build these specific components in and around this greater interoperable um, music ecosystem that that is uh, that is evolving and emerging on crypto, um, and and streaming is is a part of that. Uh, we will grow into some of these other areas over time, but only if we have to, right? I, I think. And when I say only if we have to, I, what I mean is our hope is to see other folks come in and, and work on uh, building up their, their whole businesses to be built in these different areas, right? And uh, when everything is interoperable, we, you know, these different components start to become composable layers on top of one another. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I hadn't even been considering the ticketing example, but it's obvious when you say it that like that's going to be a part of this stack. Uh, and maybe it leads to, you know, more shows in more places. You know, it helps people organize live events. There's already products like Kickback in the ecosystem, right, where like it, it is easier to uh, organize and attend and like enforce attendance at, atten at events. And that can lead to like real adoption. Um, and, and really, that's what this podcast is about, is how do we get from here to mass adoption, of decentralized technologies, right? In the hands of millions of users. And and that's why I'm glad you were able to come on today, talk about Audius, because I feel like music is already something extremely universal. And if there's going to be a successful music application built within the blockchain space, then that is a really great gateway to to getting millions of people touching these technologies. You know, not just the tokens, although the tokens as well, but, you know, the technologies themselves and becoming... Uh, you know, developers within this space, building within this ecosystem, like you said, visualizers or anything else that they can think of. So before I let you go, one last question. Uh, what other million user applications are you really excited to see possibly come out of the blockchain space? So let's go outside of music, but just like, is there anything else that you're really, really excited to see decentralized technologies try to fix, try to solve that could potentially impact the lives of millions of people around the globe? I, I'm obviously I'm biased here, <laughs> but I really think these content network use cases are, are fascinating to me. 
um, for a variety of reasons, right? But um, I, I think the 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 biggest reason is that con- centralized content platforms uh, tend themselves towards this rent seeking and extractive behavior because they have so much power over the diffuse and fragmented set of creators that distribute there, um, and they they are able to use that power in in not so great ways. Well. Ronil, thank you so much for appearing on Decentralized This. It was an absolute pleasure to have you. Uh, I'm going to add links to Audius and everything else in the episode description so people can follow up and check out the platform and see what's there and maybe upload their own stuff. Maybe not 100 episodes at once, but, you know, maybe start poking around. <laughs> uh, but thanks for... We can for... handle it now. Okay, good. <laughs> we can well... handle that now. So, yeah. Well, thanks for walking me through it, and thanks for walking our listeners through it. I'm super excited to see what you guys build and how you guys scale. So, again, thanks for coming on, and best of luck to you, man. Thanks so much for having me, Tor, and uh, best of luck to you guys, too. We're uh, excited to see Enigma's uh, continued progress.